Today we're talking to two fantastic women, both of whom are directors of international film festivals. Here's London Film Festival's Trisha Tuttle. Blue Jean just absolutely knocked me out. And there are just so few lesbian-identified films in the UK from queer filmmakers. And had Georgia tried to make it 10 years ago, um, commissioners would have said, who's it for? You know, who's the audience? And now we're, we're past that. People really, really know that if you make a, a strong story, um, that audiences are going to want to see it. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith, and today we find out more about two upcoming film festivals and two of the wonderful women running the show. In our recent episode, number 123, we spoke to Christy Matheson, the creative director of the Edinburgh International Film Festival. It's so great to see women leading film festivals around the world. So today I'll be talking to Trisha Tuttle from the BFI London Film Festival, finding out what we can expect from this year's fest. London Film Festival is, of course, huge and well-established, but did you know that there's also a film festival in Mallorca? Girls on Film will be recording a live episode out there on October the 29th, 2022, and we thought we'd tell our lovely listeners more about this female-centred festival. So my first guest today is the founder and director of Evolution Mallorca, Sandra Lipsky. So Sandra, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's wonderful to have you. Um, Now, I've met you before, of course, I've been to your fabulous festival. Um, But for the listeners, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to make this film festival happen? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So I'm the director and founder of the Evolution Mallorca International Film Festival. This year's our 11th year. And... um, well, the reason why I started it was pretty selfish, I guess, <laughs> because I'm a filmmaker first and foremost and an actor. And I had made my thesis film from film school in 2011. And I wanted to send the movie to Mallorca to, to show my family. Um, I was born in Berlin, but I grew up in Mallorca. So it's my home. And that's when I noticed there was no film festival. <laughs> and, um, you know, I thought that's a great opportunity. And... I've lived in Los Angeles at that point for, wow, probably like 10 years. And um, I had a big network of other friends who were filmmakers. And I thought, wouldn't that be an amazing location for everyone to come together and share movies and network and put up some workshops and stuff? And and that's kind of how it all started. It's amazing. that, And it's grown quite a bit since then, hasn't it? I mean, what does it look like at the moment? How many days and how many events roughly do you have? Yeah, we started with like a three-day event, I think, an hour, seven days, over 100 films. And we have about three screenings happening simultaneously. And then the mornings are packed with workshops and panels and brunches. Um, and there's truly something for everyone. I mean, the main vision for the festival has always been bridging cultures, bridging people. And 
that kind of is found in every event that we do somehow. And what would you say there are a few highlights since you launched? I know that must be a difficult question because I don't, I don't doubt there are many, but anything that springs to mind? Yeah, so for myself as the director of the festival and director of programming, it's always a very hectic time the month before the festival um, to get the program finished, make sure everyone knows what's happening and so for me, one of the most special nights is truly opening night because um, it's sort of like, you know, this is when the curtain goes up and here we are in the spotlight and this is go time, um, show time, go time, I would say. And it's a really special night because I myself can really enjoy it and kind of present this, um, well, collage of cultural um offers that I've been working on for so many months and um, it's a really really amazing night we do it at the opera house in Palma so it's just a magical a, a magical night a magical location and it kind of kicks off this very busy intense week of networking and meeting people and watching movies so that night is kind of um, yeah very very special to me. You've got me very excited about this year's opening night because I haven't actually been to your opening night before and I will be there this time thinking about what to wear right now. Um, but as you know, we're also having a Girls on Film panel and a live recording on October 29th on Women in Leadership. Really excited to be working with you. I know that like us, you're committed to supporting women in film. So can you explain your ethos around that and how our event with you fits into that? Yes, sure. Um, so for many years, um, you know, different people would come up to me and ask me, oh, why don't we do, you know, something just for women or a special award just for women and for many years I felt like I don't kind of I don't feel like doing that because I don't want to kind of segregate us into something because all we want to do is be part of the bigger picture right and not feel like we're something different but um, this thought is changing a little bit because now I feel like in the last 10 years women have just you know, really come up to positions and leadership positions, or maybe they've been there before, but now it's more visible and they're not afraid to talk about it. And um, they're not afraid to share their ideas and thoughts. May they be good or bad for whatever interview or topic they're talking about. We're just not scared anymore to share who we are and what we stand for. And that's where this idea came for the Women in Leadership panel. Um, it's going to be women in the industry, in the film industry, not only creatives, but also people who pull the strings who are in financing and people who are in, in you know, production. So it's going to be, it's going to be strong women. And I, I don't only want to talk about filmmaking, but also, and that's something I've been going through for the last three years is also balancing the balancing act of being a woman in this industry and maybe having a child and how does that look like and how does it all come together? Yes, and I think sharing that will make everyone not feel alone and hopefully encourage them to keep going. It's brilliant and I'm yeah, really looking forward to it. And it's interesting when you mentioned finance because that's something that is hugely important. And we sort of, we mentioned it on Girls on Film saying, look, who's making the decisions? Who's deciding where to put the money? And of mm -hmm. course, very often it is men. So. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to speaking to some women who are making those decisions and, you know, what their ethos is. So that's brilliant. Um, how can people find out more about this year and find out what you've got on the programme? Yeah, so we are, you know, slowly putting things on the website. Um, 
Uh, so the website is evolutionfilmfestival.com and there's a tab called um, the panels for 2022 and um, the producers club. Producers club is kind of our overall um, theme and underneath that is all our panels and workshops and um, the girls on film panel will be there too. And um, yeah, so I think around our press conferences on October 12th, where everything will be released, but until then we will keep releasing different information. And would you say it's mainly aimed at filmmakers or if someone just fancies a nice holiday to Mallorca and seeing a few films and panels, can they also do that? Yes, that's a definite yes. This festival is obviously for industry people, for newcomers in film, but also for cinephiles and people who love to go to the cinema and see the latest indie movies. Um, we have a breakfast called Cafe Concine, which we do at this beautiful concept store called Rialto Living, where we have brunch and it's sort of an informal way to talk about movies. You can just come and sit and have a coffee and have filmmakers talk about their movies, what's upcoming that night, what's happening in the next couple of days. And um, so that's, I think, a really nice event that someone can come who's maybe not a filmmaker, but just loves um, film and filmmakers. And for you as a woman running a film festival, have you found when you've spoken to other people doing the same thing that it's unusual or that more women are doing what you're doing now? Um, I think it's still, we're still a minority, I think, in the terms of founding and directing a festival. Um, but definitely in the last couple of years, there has been more. Um, I feel like women are often in the, in the pro on the production side, the managing side, because we are so good at multitasking. But I do want to see more women and also like the curation and programming. And I feel like there's maybe still more men, but I mean, the number of women and just diversity in general has definitely been growing in the last couple of years. That's great news. Um, so thank you so much, Sandra, for joining us. Is there anything else you wanted to share either about this year's programme or the Girls on Film event or anything at all? Well, um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight real quickly our honoree guests that we have already confirmed. One is the wonderful Danish uh, female director, Lona Scherfik, who's just such an icon in Denmark and in Europe and actually internationally. She's been nominated for Academy Awards for her films. She will be with us. She will talk about her you know, career and how she's gotten to where she is. And she writes most of her scripts as well and directs. So that's going to be really a treat. And then we also have uh, Laia Costa, who's a Spanish actress who kind of first started to be on the scene when she did this movie called Victoria, a German film, which was all done in one take and they did four takes of it. And her performance there is just absolutely astonishing. You don't have to do this, really, you don't have to do this. Sona, I want to go with you. she did a new movie called Lullaby, a Spanish one, which has actually been entry for the Oscars this year from Spain. I'm gonna take the baby because we need your help. Okay, take ah! Ah! Come on. And she is just a, a total trailblazer for young actresses and she will be with us and she will get the new talent award. And it's funny because this new talent award um, it's just be, it's starting to get a very um, 
a very important, it's starting to be a very important award at the festival because in 2013, we gave it to actress Ana de Armas as a newcomer on the scene and she was, you know, hasn't done that much back then. And now she just came out with Blonde and she's a Bond girl, obviously. And um, so, yeah, I, I feel like we have a knack for finding the next generation of, of um, new talent in the industry. And of course, I'm, I'm proud of that, me and my team. So, so I hope, yeah, anyone who feels intrigued by all of that can come to Mallorca and, and breathe a little bit of cinema air with us. <laughs> Great, and discover the stars of the future. But yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, Victoria was an amazing film. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, definitely seek it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can't wait to see Lullaby. So yeah, brilliant. Um, well, thank you so much, Sandra. And I, I'm going to see you in person soon. And if the listeners want to hear more and find out more, they can go onto your website. Thank you so much for joining Girls on Film. Thank you, Anna. See you soon. See you soon. That was Sandra Lipsky. My next and final guest is the Director of Festivals for the British Film Institute, so who better to talk us through the London Film Festival programme? She is, of course, Tricia Tuttle. Well, Tricia, welcome back to Girls on Film. Thank you, Anna. Nice to see you or hear you. Lovely to see and hear you and for the <laughs> listeners, hear you. Um, how are things going for this year's LFF? Amazingly well. We um, started public ticket sales and it's looking like uh, people are in, as interested in the programme as we are. We're really excited when we were putting it together. I think last year was such a great year for us. We just didn't know what to expect this year and it's equally strong. So great to see us coming out of the gates strong with audiences. Excellent. And of course, you know, one of the reasons we love getting you on to Girls on Film is because you're so committed to representation, to female filmmakers, female-led stories. How is it looking broadly for that this year? We'll get into details in a minute, but are the numbers looking strong on that on that front? Yeah, absolutely. Very similar to the last few years. I would say steadily upwards over the last four or five years. 41% of the programme are from female um, or non-binary directors or co-directors or creators this year. So that's that's really, really great percentage. It's healthier than a lot of film festivals, isn't it? And yeah, really good news. So onwards and upwards. Um, I want to start actually by saying just a few titles that I've seen and really loved from a feminist perspective. And then you can give me thoughts on them. Great. What I know you have seen, which I loved, is a story of a lesbian PE teacher in Thatcher's Britain. And this is Blue Jean. Hey! What are you doing? You need to leave. Why? You know why. Do whatever you want. Wherever you want but not here, okay? Why do you care so much? You're 15, you shouldn't even be in here. So what? Haven't told anyone, have I? Hey! Go. Otherwise you're off the team. What? What a great story that is. Oh God, it's gorgeous. I absolutely love it. I think it's a strong year for UK debuts in general, but Blue Jean just absolutely knocked me out. Please. Just tell us what you were doing in there so I know. She's one of my students, she's on the team. What? Are, are no, you? of course not. Then why didn't you say something? I don't know. You're lying. Oh, no, look. It's complicated, okay? It's a uh, director, Georgia Oakley, who actually is a BFI flair um, mentorship filmmaker. So the festival have a longer relationship with her, which is so nice to see her really, really deliver such a, an elegant, sensitive um, debut feature. It, it's it's great. And it's just something that I haven't seen treated 
on film before. You know, I, I know of it vaguely from my youth, but but that time and, and that sort of particularly for gay women is so unseen on screen. So absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, and there are just so few lesbian identified films in the UK from queer filmmakers. And I think what's great about a film like that is had Georgia tried to make it 10 years ago, um, commissioners would have said, Who's it for? You know, who's the audience? And now we're, we're past that. People really, really know that if you make a, a strong story, um, that audiences are going to want to see it. I love that. Very strong evidence of progress we've all been fighting for. That's brilliant. Um, another one I saw recently that I loved is The Wonder, starring Florence Pugh, set in 1862, about an, a nurse dealing with a child who's fasting in Ireland yeah. but it explores really feminist themes really delicately I thought absolutely and obviously it's a fe- it's not a female filmmaker it's Sebastian Lilio who's a terrific um, Chilean filmmaker um, who also made Disobedience which I absolutely adore which is another female centered film but yes it, it really is I mean the story is um, is almost entirely female centered um, Florence Pugh plays a nurse who goes to investigate a girl who's mysteriously appears to be living without food um, and it's one of those films that sort of pits scientific reason against religious belief and um, it's really 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 interesting. And I think we can definitely call Sebastian a, a huge ally on Girls Absolutely. on Film because all his films are so interesting from a feminist perspective. Totally. Fantastic um, Woman is another of his, obviously. Exactly. He can do no wrong so far in my eyes. I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, so that was The Wonder. Um, one that I've um, reviewed on Deadline and will be talking more about on Girls on Film is Call Jane. Talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, so we saw that in Sundance this year and really were knocked out by it. It's um, it's a film that's about reproductive rights. It's set just before Roe versus Wade in the States about an underground network of women who help um, other women have illegal pregnancy terminations. Mrs. Griffin, your pregnancy is endangering your life. Mom! What's the treatment? To not be pregnant. That's the only option. We could ask the board for permission to perform an emergency termination. Is there a chance that she can survive the pregnancy? Maybe 50%. Resulting in the birth of a healthy child. I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. I vote no, gentlemen. No. 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 This is Jane. How does it work? It's really strong and it's also feels so acutely topical right now coming off the um, reversal of Roe versus Wade in the States, but also everywhere. It does seem to be that reproductive rights are um, are really at risk in, in other countries as well. We have organizing meetings. That's the address. How are we going to get through them all? This 11-year-old girl deserves oh, it. Well, this right. lady has cancer. She was raped. It has to be random. It's life or death for some of them. It's life or death for all of them. If you liked Cold Jane, I'd also really highly recommend one of the VR projects that we have in LFF Expanded, which is our immersive section. Um, really terrific. I know this is girls on film, but you'll, you'll love it, Anna. And it's called The Choice, um, which is a, another, a VR project about reproductive rights as well. The fact that doctors in Texas are allowed to lie, legally allowed to lie, and then legally allowed to not treat a miscarriage. I don't know what my future is going to be like. The VR stuff is great. I checked it out last year and it's it's quite a way to spend a few hours just sort of touring all the different experiences. Yeah, definitely recommend that. Thanks for that. 
Um, and, and the team have seen this one, Last Flight Home. Apparently that's an incredibly powerful watch. So we'll be talking about that more on Girls on Film. Are there any others from a female perspective, Tricia, that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I mean, I think some big films that will catch people's eyes and they're definitely worth seeing are a couple that are in the gala and special presentation tier. Um, she Said, um, directed by Maria Schrader, which is um, an adaptation of Jodie Kantner and Megan Toohey's um, not non-fiction book that is about the um, New York Times article they wrote that sort of broke open um, decades of abuse by Harvey Weinstein of uh, many, many women that he worked with. What is it exactly that we're looking at here? These young women walked into what they all had reason to believe were business meetings. I can still see it, the hotel room, the floor plan. He kept trying to touch me. I asked him to leave me alone. Instead, they say he met them with threats and sexual demands. I was young, scared. Hi. We're from the New York Times. I believe you used to work for Harvey Weinstein. Maria's done a great job directing it. It's also a British screenwriter, Rebecca Lenkovitz, who's really adapted um, the book beautifully. But it just is one of those pacey investigative thrillers that's a bit like um, Spotlight or All the Pre President's Men, but from such a female-centered point of view. And also, I think when you see it, there's something that's so delicate and sensitively done about the um, Megan and Jody's support of the women that they were um, wanted to get the testimony from as well. That sounds so up our streets. So, I mean, this brings me to the question of, you know, if listeners want to see these films, whether they're in London or outside of London, how can they do it? They obviously go to the BFI website, but beyond that, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, they have our website. We started public sales so you can go buy tickets. We're also at 10 venues around the UK and Cole Jane is one of those films that's going to be screening with our venue partners. So each of those venues will be selling their own tickets. But um, BFI.org.uk is a great place to go um, to sort of figure out what's going on and when. And of course, you know, diversity and inclusion in general is important to you as it is to us. Can you talk to me a little bit about that um, outside of, of gender in this year's programme? So, Anna, you're, you're absolutely right. Inclusion is really important to us. We want the festival to feel like a place that everyone's welcome. Um, and it really is important not just to have a very strong um, gender split, but we live in a city that where over 200 languages are spoken. Um, there are people from all over the world. That's part of London's DNA, and we want the festival to express that diversity, um, cultural and language diversity and ethnic diversity of the city we live in. Um, I'm really excited this year. I mean, again I think we have some very 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 exciting strong black filmmakers emerging particularly black female filmmakers emerging this year and a couple of films that have just really knocked me out and the programmers out this year is the second feature from um, Chinoye Chuku who made Clemency she's got a gala screening in the festival as our mayor's gala called Till which is uh, based on the true story of um, Emmett Till's mother uh, who really fought for justice following his murder in 1950 and it's part of what spurred on um, the civil rights movement. That's incredibly strong. It's hard to describe what a mother knows. The first thing I noticed when I became a mother was that my hands were busy all the time. My hand knew him with my eyes closed. Just like I'd know his laughter in a crowded room. It's the same thing when you know all of someone. This was my boy, Emmett Till. 
I'd also highly recommend um, a film called Nanny, which is a sort of ghost story um, screening in the festival from a filmmaker called Nikki Atu Jusu, who's incredibly talented. And this, it's yours. I mean, it's nothing fancy uh, for overnights. And please uh, make this space yours. Bring whatever you need to feel at home, pictures, books, favorite pillow. Just one small request. Uh, no candles or incense. Rose is hypersensitive to certain smells. Okay. Rose, we're coming in. Honey, Aisha's here. Aisha. Salut, petit amour. I want you to be a good girl for mommy. Okay. Mm. Another film that I highly recommend, I, I don't know if you caught it in Venice, is Saint Omer from Alice Diop, um, which is Alice is a filmmaker who's a, typically been a, a documentary filmmaker in the past. She made a film called We, which was released in, in the UK last year. And um, this is her first fiction film. And it's very, very female centered courtroom drama, really elegant, sophisticated filmmaking. It's hard to believe it's her debut feature. Veuillez. Indiquez à la cour vos noms et prénoms, votre date et votre lieu de naissance, ainsi que les noms et prénoms de vos parents. Je m'appelle Laurence Colli. Je suis née le 15 mars 1980 à Dakar, au Sénégal. Mon père s'appelle Robert Colli. Ma mère Odile Diata. Quelle est votre profession Étudiante. I feel like the listeners have got a long list of things to watch now. So I'll just say we're going to put them all in the show notes. So, and I, I'm going to go back and listen and take notes from what you said, Tricia, because you've got some great recommendations. Is there anything else you wanted to share about this year's LFF in particular? I think I would encourage people to come, um, you know, if you're in London or if, wherever you are in the UK, I'd say it's experiment. If you haven't come to the LFF before, there are also free ways to engage with the festival. We run a program of talks and short film screenings all around the BFI South Bank. All of our short films that are nominated for awards this year are going to be screening for free on the BFI player. And I would encourage people to get involved like that, sample the festival um, without having to spend any money at all. And you can vote um, for our an audience award winner for best short film this year if you want to just dip your toe in and see what the festival's like. Well, I, for one, am really looking forward to this year's festival. And I remember last year, a few people came up and went, ooh, girls on film. So if any of you are there, feel free to come up and say hello because we love meeting the listeners. And um, Trisha, I hope to see you on the dance floor on opening night. You will definitely see me on the dance floor. I look forward to it. That was Trisha Tuttle. There are lots more female-focused gems at London Film Festival and we'll be reviewing many of them when they come out on general release. One of those is Nina Menkes' brainwashed sex camera power. If you're a regular listener to Girls on Film, I can guarantee you'll be interested in this doc that looks at the male gaze in films. More on that one soon. The BFI London Film Festival runs from the 5th to the 16th of October 2022. The Evolution Mallorca International Film Festival runs from 26th of October to November the 1st, 2022. If you're anywhere near Palma or if you're lucky enough to be able to take a trip there, we'd love to see you there. Otherwise, you won't miss out. Listen out for the recording of the conversation coming soon. Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, audio producer Eliana J. Hamer, and our partners for this episode, Evolution Mallorca International Film Festival. I'm Anna Smith, and I was joined by Trisha Tuttle and Sandra Lipsky. Thanks. See you soon.
Which one of you is Jane? <laughs> We're all Jane. 